Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Burna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher, equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Burna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. Nowadays, 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries or maybe a quarter tank of gas. You know what it will get you, though? For just 20 bucks a month, you can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data from my sponsor and my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. Choose a wireless company who shares our values. Go to puretalk.com slash jesse to switch today so you can actually afford that burger and fries. That's puretalk.com slash jesse. Are you being influenced? If you watched a blockbuster film in the last decade, then there's a chance it's been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. In Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at HollywoodTakeover.com slash Jesse. GOP leadership. Who are we going to pick? We'll talk about that. We'll talk about FTX. We have a hilarious light in the mood. We'll talk about Trump's big announcement. All that's coming up on I'm Right. All right. So those are the two big news items of the day out of the right. Trump made his announcement for president. Surprise, surprise. Kevin McCarthy's going to be Speaker of the House, looks like. Again, surprise, surprise. None of this stuff is earth-shattering. If you didn't know this stuff was coming, it's because you don't watch I'm Right every single night. Or read my boy, Ryan Gerdusky, who's one of the sharper political minds I know. Joining me now, founder of the 1776 pack. He doesn't know I'm about to hit him up and come help out my school board in my hometown, Ryan Gerdusky. <laughs> Ryan, Trump's Trump's running, Kevin McCarthy's running. Before we get to my hometown, react. Um, I'm not surprised by any of that. Um, I thought Kevin McCarthy was going to win, and, um, and and I don't think he, I, he raised so much money. I don't see how he had any serious opposition. The real question of who who uh, wins the whip race, Tom Emmer or um, Jim Banks, and they're deciding that right now. And I hope it's Jim Banks, but um, we'll sit there and see. I guess. 
Ryan, okay, let's move on from all this garbage to Arizona. Looks like Arizona belongs to Katie Hobbs. And everybody, whenever you lose an election, everyone picks the person they like the least and they blame them for it. Either you're blaming fraud or Mitch McConnell or Donald Trump or you blame the candidate too far right, too far left. You look at this stuff fairly dispassionately, which I love and I don't always do. Why do we lose Arizona? Um, well, it's interesting. There were eight elections in Arizona, nine candidates, because one of the races had two winners. Um, like they ran the top two and the top two won. And Republicans won five of those races and lost four of them. Um, the people who all lost uh, or are losing as of right now, maybe one will win. We're big people who said that the 2020 election was stolen and the five who won did not mention it. And whether you believe it was stolen or you don't believe it was stolen, it's time to move on. It's exhausting. It's an exhausting thing. It turns off college-educated voters. It turns off people who are moderate. It turns off people who dislike Barack, sorry, dislike Joe Biden. Um, but ye won. Tom Horn won. Tom Horn is not being mentioned very often in the media right now. He beat the incumbent Democrat for state superintendent of education. He ran an opposing critical race theory, opposing DEI, stopping bilingual education in Arizona, and ending cultural ethnic studies programs. And he won. You can win as a fire-breathing Republican. You just can't sit there and exhaust and give anxiety that we're going to have another four more years of debating ballots from two years ago. And I really think that negatively affected Carrie Lake and Blake Masters and um, Mitt Finchman and uh, Abe, may, Abe, whatever his last name is, um, may win the attorney general's race. It's very, very narrow, but it shouldn't be. But you can run as a conservative and you can win. You can win Maricopa County. We won the state DA's race in Maricopa County. Republicans did. We just didn't focus on the 2020 election anymore. It's time to move on. It is so toxic to voters. Okay, so... And I know you might not like just that answer. Candy country. No, no. I, I asked for a dispassionate answer, and I agree with you. I, I believe, actually, two things can be true at once, that we have a long way to go to secure vote, voting, voter integrity in this country, while at the same time we cannot campaign on the issue. I don't see why those things are conflicting. I care about a voter ID. I care about making sure every vote gets counted. But if you're out there running for it as governor, senator, president, I think you are an absolute, you're a loser, and you're on a loser, a losing issue. Right, and here's the thing that I get so annoyed about is that if if it was a conspiracy that they stole the election, why did they give the, the most right-wing person on the ballot against CRT a win? It's not about stealing the election. It's about exhausting and, and, and alienating these very moderate voters who are with us on crime. They're with us in immigration. They're with us in so many things. But running people who want to relitigate 2020 or want to talk about abortion, sometimes in the most extreme manners, pushes them towards Democrats when they're not there to begin with. There is a real showing that, that Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott and Lee Zeldin ran very effective, and Mike DeWine ran very effective campaigns. And you could say some of them are more moderate Republicans, and that's absolutely fine. But they won by gigantic margins. They didn't win by gigantic margin. He lost, but he got 47% and he won the House. So that is what the important thing is, to sit there and move the needle every which way you can. And, you know, spending your day, you could 
what exhausts me, what frustrates me about Carrie Lake, and I called her campaign and told her this over and over and over again, stop attacking John McCain. There have been a lot of bad Republicans in the history of, bad Americans, bad politicians. Ted Kennedy destroyed this country in so many horrendous ways. No one runs against Ted Kennedy anymore because he's dead. John McCain is dead. Let it rest and move on. What's the future, not the past? That should have been the message, and I think that was very telling and very, that hurt her down ballot in a lot of ways. So I think going forward, let's talk about what we're gonna do for the country. What are we gonna do on education? What are we gonna do on quality of life issues like crime, like our roads, like our infrastructure, like jobs? This is what voters wanted to hear in this election, not get caught up in insane minutia about the past. Okay, now I want to rewind to leadership here because, well, Josh Hawley had this to say. I think that this election was the funeral for the Republican Party as we know it. The Republican Party, is, as we have known it, is dead, and voters have made that clear. Okay, uh, Ryan, whether or not you agree with him there, I, I, don't see, I don't see Republicans having the stones to bounce all these old establishment types like McConnell and choose a new direction. I wish they did, but I don't see elected Republicans having the guts to do that. Do you? I think that there is two methods right now to the madness. I think you'll have people like Ron Johnson, like Lindsey Graham, like Marco Rubio, who are saying bounce McConnell. And then you have people like Tom Cotton, who are saying there should be new leadership, but let's wait till McConnell retires. And I think that that's really where the people are running on the inside track versus the outside track. McConnell's in a very weak moment, not only because McConnell is a man of a certain age and the election did not go well, but for the fact that his two biggest deputies, John Cornyn and John Thune, one from Texas, one from South Dakota, are immensely weak people who cannot follow in his footsteps. And leadership, change in leadership is clearly capable of happening. And it's just a matter of finding the one person that will take his place when McConnell retires. I mean, McConnell's a man of a particular age. He's not going to sit there and last forever. And if they don't have somebody they're going to sit there and work with and they're going to, I mean, then they might just falter. But I think that the inside track is there right now to replace the entire establishment. And it's just really a waiting game. So find, if Tom Cotton wants it, that he is the most likely candidate to take over the entire Senate wing of the GOP in my opinion. Okay, now let's move on to the good news. You know how much I love the 1776 Project PAC. I've told you that personally and publicly several times. We are not gonna save this country from the filth of Washington, D.C. We'll save it from local elections, school board elections. Everyone's down and out. We don't have the Senate, we barely have the House, everything sucks. Ryan, does everything <laughs> suck or do we win some school board races? We do win some school board races, so we invested in um, I want to say a dozen school board uh, districts, and we won in about nine of them in major counties. What we did was, and we didn't win the majority of candidates because one of our one, the area we had a lot of candidates and didn't produce well in Michigan. But we did win in Carroll County and Frederick County. We won in the state school board in Ohio. We won statewide Oklahoma. We won in Florida. Um, and we won a school board seat in Arkansas. But more than just my pack, my pack had an okay night. It was, but well, we've had a great track record, 102 victories over the course of one year for school board seats. Bigger than just my pack, school board candidates won in Northern New Jersey, Minnesota, as I said, in Maryland, 
Arizona, as I said before, statewide. They they swept the Kansas School Board of Education. All of those places, conservatives won, and they won in gigantic numbers. And I'll say to anyone in your audience, if you feel down and out, if you feel like, oh, this wasn't a great election year, guess what? 29 states are holding school board elections this year, starting in April. An April election in Illinois, Wisconsin, um, Alaska, and uh, one other state, like Texas, I believe it is. Yeah, they are holding school board elections, and um, it'll be low turnout. Every vote, every conservative vote will matter. We can literally win with 10% turnout in these style elections. This is where my pack has dominated in the past, and where we're going to dominate in 2023. And we can run the gamut run for school board it's so available and so easy it doesn't take a lot of money and it doesn't take a lot of votes and we can really win across the country oh but i'm not qualified maybe you're sitting there saying that to yourself while ryan says it no the dirty communist scum that's there isn't qualified you normal person you are qualified ryan don't be ignoring my text when i call him trying to bring you to my hometown (laughs) thank you brother (laughs) appreciate you boss you are qualified Ah, uh, I'm just a this. Everyone says that. I'm just a, I'm just a, a mom. Just a stay-at-home mom. You are qualified. Jesse, I'm not. I, I drive a forklift. You're qualified. The people educating the children of this nation have shaped this nation. If you are disgusted by the state of this nation, look to the people who've educated the children and go become one of them. Take over your school board. And let me tell you something. Don't convince yourself because you're in a red area that, well, my school board's fine not true there are blood red areas across the country with all democrats on the school board because we ignore it we don't pay attention to it go run or help someone else run we can win all right there all that may have made you uncomfortable because you're sitting there squirming in your pants because you know you should run but i'm still right now if you're feeling uncomfortable right now or you're anxious i'm not not sure about the country you're running for school board You know what you need? This is what I do. Whenever I'm feeling anxious or uncomfortable, I don't know what to do. I eat a steak. That's what I do. I go out and I find some form of delicious food and I eat it because I routinely eat my feelings and I have an unhealthy relationship with food. That's why I have an unhealthy relationship with Schwank Grills because they have a portable grill that cooks at 1500 degrees just like that steakhouse you love so much. We're talking steaks, perfect, three, four minutes, lobster tails, salmon, and it's portable. You wanna take it to the tailgate this Saturday? Take it to the tailgate. Wanna take it to the neighbors? Take it to the neighbors. Schwenk Grills, baby. Plus, Christmas is coming and they're $150 off right now. Go to schwankgrills.com. You have to use the promo code JESSE to get $150 off, all right? Schwankgrills.com promo code Jesse. We'll be back. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country, giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning.
despite all of what has been said by Donald Trump and other election deniers and now beginning to be also Kelly Ward, who's falling behind about, uh, you know, Katie Bob, Hobbs, but for the governor's race, Maripona, Maricopa County had some of the best vote counting processes because of past problems. Best vote counting? It's, it's Tuesday. It's been a week. Joining me now, my friend Robbie Starbuck of the Robbie Starbuck Show that is coming to December 1st. Robbie, do they have some of the best vote counting processes in Maricopa County? I, I had to really try hard to not just be laughing like crazy for the next five minutes. It's ludicrous. And by the way, I'm pretty sure Andrea Mitchell has caught whatever brain worm Joe Biden has because it took her a long time to spit that out. Um, <laughs> I mean, what is there to say? Everybody saw what's going on in Maricopa County. If you think that this is good, I'd hate to see what you think is bad. Robbie, uh, all right. You were up against the machine. The machine did you wrong. For those who don't know your story, why aren't you a congressman-elect right now? You know, I think that a fair way to put this would be that candidates like me and, you know, Blake Masters and, say, Carrie Lake, there's a lot of mountains to climb. And you know this having formerly run for Congress yourself. Um, because you're fighting against a machine that opposes not just what you believe in, but the way that you present what you believe in, which is really a presentation that is in alignment with your average American citizen. And so a lot of people don't realize the sort of financial burdens and everything else that goes along with this. But um, when the establishment saw that I was not going to play ball on a lot of fronts, especially the pharmaceutical front, they really turned their knives on me. And that was really the turning point that I could pinpoint. People asked me, what was the point where you really saw that they turned on you? Because if you remember back, Jesse, when I was first running, there was a whole lot of excitement and everybody was kind of behind me, you know, it was pretty universal. And that was really when things changed, when they saw I refused pharmaceutical pack dollars and I refused, you know, some of these big donors dollars. And I said, you know, I'd rather my wife and I even throw in our own money and go with our grassroots donators and run things a little differently because I want, wanted it to be a model of really working for the people and not owing votes to anyone. And unfortunately, that's a model that is very threatening to them because if we have a reality where that is what our system is made of is by the people, for the people, then those big money globalist elites, they lose their power. And so when you threaten the system like that, they will do everything they can to undermine you. And they did that, you know? And so um, they use different mechanisms to try to get rid of me. We fought it, but unfortunately fighting it is not always good enough. We took it as far as it could go to the state Supreme Court. And of course, you know, those are political appointees and we got a political decision and I wasn't allowed to even be on the ballot. Moving on to the kids stuff, you've made this a priority for you and I love that. What, what we're doing to children in this country is disgraceful. Just tell me, Robbie, are we winning? Are we losing? How's that going? I would say it's a little bit of both. I mean, we're winning on the front of battling this stuff and getting it out of our red states. And I think, honestly, that speaks to the future of our country, where I think we are going to balkanize in many ways and have our states and their states. And we have diametrically opposed views on what's appropriate. 
But, you know, we've led the charge here in Tennessee to ban, let's say, drag shows for kids and general mutilation for kids and hormones and puberty blockers. Those bills have all been introduced now here. And I challenge state representatives across the country to jump on board and do the same thing. And so far in the last week from that challenge, we've had state reps from Idaho and Missouri also commit to introducing bills that will copy the language from the Tennessee bill here that Senator Jack Johnson brought forward um, that will essentially ban all drag shows in public view where, where a child can see it anywhere in public or private view where a child can see it will be banned, but also banned from all public property, period. Because the idea that, you know, we would host strip clubs on public prop property is absolutely ludicrous. So it's the same thing when it comes to drag shows, uh, whether or not children are there, it's not something that the city needs to be involved in hosting in a public place. So um, that's sort of the, the, the gist of the fight that we're after on these issues, but it goes even further. I mean, this is an ideological war between two sides where, you know, can we coexist? And I argue that in any marriage or relationship, you could not coexist with this large of a gap in terms of what you believe in. And so, you know, Libs of TikTok just posted a um, fantastic account. I'm sure people all follow, but if you don't, you need to look it up. They just posted this uh, pride event that happened and they had dildos that they were having children use for ring toss, okay? I can't coexist with people who believe that's appropriate. And I'm talking little kids, okay? That is something that, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, everybody universally would have said this is insane totally inappropriate someone needs to go to jail okay now today we have an entire party defending this stuff as tolerance equity and inclusion that's not something that's tenable in the united states in terms of our future staying as a cohesive union so i really think the next conversation that's going to become a prominent one in the country is how do we move forward in a way where we have some sort of shared you know defense agreement but essentially red states and blue states split apart robbie appreciate you my brother appreciate you too brother all right joe biden met with g we'll talk to stephen yates about that in a second before we get to that i want you to understand something Everyone at some point in time gets sold. Everybody. I have been sold more than once in my life. Maybe you've been sold. Maybe you're currently the owner of a timeshare and you don't want to be the owner anymore. And you're sitting, to your, sitting there thinking to yourself, maybe talk to your husband or your wife about it and say, honey, I can't believe we got sold. I can't, I, I can't believe we can't get out of this thing. So that's what they do. They tell you you can't get out. Sorry, just keep paying those fees. That, who's this? Lone Star Transfer will get you out. Don't sit there licking your wounds about getting sold. We have to pay forever. You don't have to pay forever. You are a phone call away from freedom because they succeed 99% of the time at Lone Star Transfer. 99, that's pretty good odds, right? They guarantee it in writing and in a specific time frame. We'll get you out by this time. Pretty cool. Phone call away from freedom. Call 844-310-2646. 844-310-2646 or go to LoneStarTransfer.com. We'll be back. I absolutely believe there need not be a new Cold War. We, uh, I've met, met many times with Xi Jinping and we were candid and clear with one another across the board. 
And I do not think there's any imminent attempt on the part of China to invade Taiwan. And I uh, made it clear that our policy in Taiwan has not changed at all. Okay. Joining me now, former Deputy National Security Advisor Stephen Yates. Stephen, I got to be honest, I never knew what to make of the China's going to invade, not going to invade stuff. But the second I saw Joe Biden say they weren't going to invade, I started counting down to the minutes they're going to invade. I know it's it's really kind of crazy. No one in the world really cares what Joe Biden thinks about whether China's going to invade. It all comes down to whether Xi Jinping thinks he's going to invade. And I doubt very, very much that Joe Biden, even in three plus hours of sitting down for an amazing a conversation, perhaps, knows any more than the rest of us do about what Xi Jinping intends. And so uh, I think it's kind of unsettling for a president to come out and just say all is well. I wish it were so. Uh, it would be much more reassuring if Xi Jinping had to face the press coming out of a meeting and said something about not invading Taiwan. Stephen, uh, let's let's begin here because we, we hear a lot about this. China, Taiwan, China, Taiwan. As an ugly American who's got my own problems, right? Recession, gas prices, we, we got our own problems. Tell me why I should give a crap if China does invade. Well, there are a few di few different reasons. Number one, it's never inconsequential for 23 million people who live in freedom and an American commitment of support has been extended. However ambiguous it may have been over time, it's unambiguous that we have made a commitment and it's not right to lead people to believe that you're going to help them and then turn away when it goes the wrong way. Uh, so there's that on, on top of everything else. Of course, that doesn't motivate the Biden administration because everything from Afghanistan to Ukraine to whatever else uh, wouldn't have happened if they honored commitments. Uh, so uh, the other reasons are the, the important advanced semiconductor chips on which we depend. Taiwan is a major economy despite its size of only 23 million people. It's one of our top trade partners. And so supply chain impacts on the United States would be significant if something happened. And even if just brass tacks were not all of it, it's fundamental to our concept of alliances in East Asia, especially with Japan. That we, uh, that we honor these commitments. And once China breaks that island chain and undermines our alliances, it's really kind of the war of all against all and it comes to our shores. And so I believe in supporting those on the front lines to help themselves so that we don't have to be the one to be their 911, but I certainly don't want the fight coming here. Stephen, okay, you mentioned what our commitment is, ambiguous to put it mildly. What do we think we would do if China starts an amphibious assault, lobbing missiles, fighter, fighter jets overhead? If we've committed to do something, everything, what do we think we would do? Yeah, well, first, uh, before we got to that position, if we had leadership, and I will grant that we don't, uh, we would be providing them as much advanced capability and asymmetrical capability as they can afford to buy and, and use. Uh, we should make them as capable of self-defense as possible. And same goes for Japan, encourage cooperation between the two. But positing we have failed in that endeavor right now and are playing catch up, if the balloon were to go up, uh, I don't think that we would be sending troops to Taiwan 
by way of like a land invasion to liberate the island. Uh, I would think at a minimum, uh, the version of the financial kitchen sink that we thought we threw at Russia would be on the table to throw at China. There would be some argument about it, but I'd like to believe that that argument should be winnable under those circumstances as something short of hot war. Uh, but also, it's greatly complicated if China it goes into Japan's airspace or happens to hit some of our material that's in a base nearby. Uh, there's so many different ways this can go bad. That's why I want our current leadership, as much as I doubt their capabilities and intentions right now, I want them to go above and beyond that on deterrence now. Stephen, you mentioned Japan a couple times. People aren't familiar with Japan's military capabilities. What can they do to China if China starts to go? They can do a lot. And one of the reasons that a lot of Americans haven't heard about this for a long time is because after World War II, we imposed a constitution on them, rightfully so, since we were at war with them and defeated them, that, that kept their military capabilities for self-defense. But it's been a few generations since that time. They're a full democracy. We have a greater threat coming from China. The former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe, who sadly was assassinated, tried to move Japan in the more normal nation direction. They have missile capability, they have air capability, they have sea surface sea capabilities, all of which should be much more interoperable and capable with ours uh, should the need arise. And I think it would be great if they had that independent capability that complicates Beijing. So they're not just looking at Washington alone. All right. Joe Biden, well, this is, <laughs> this is what he had to say over there. I'm happy to take questions, and I'm told there are going to be four questioners. But I'm not going to do 10 questions from each questioner. All right? Let's make that clear at the outset here. Um, uh, I can't have trouble reading this. Reuters, uh, Natanjan Bose. Stephen, I'm worried about what Xi Jinping thinks about America after spending three hours in a room with that man. I know it may be uncomfortable to talk about, but person-to-person -person interactions matter a lot historically when it comes to these world-changing decisions and events. Especially strongman leaders look at their counterparts of, are they also strongman leaders? Uh, and certainly Xi Jinping coming out of his Kami Rara fest for an unlimited new term uh, feels somewhat of his oats and came to that setting feeling pretty sure of himself. Uh, he sees our president walking in a fragile way, speaking in a mumbling way, uh, and definitely is not seeing strength and resolve. But worse than all of that, he got the president of the United States to tell everyone, don't worry, be happy. We're going to talk. We're going to focus on climate. There's going to be efforts of cooperation. No mention of COVID. No mention of the muscling up of Taiwan after Pelosi. There's a whole bunch of things that matter to the American people that didn't make the list. And she had to be smiling from ear to ear. He got the president to do his PR for him. Stephen Yates, thank you so much, brother. Come back soon. My pleasure. Thank you. All right. We still have a lot more. Don't worry. We have a ton more. What's what's FTX mean? I hear that word a lot past couple days. I don't know. I don't know what these numbers, these numbers, what these letters mean. So before we get to that, let's get to this. I want you to picture something. I want you to picture before Joe Biden walks in to meet with Xi Jinping, Joe Biden gets a massive boost on his testosterone levels. And instead of walking in, 
hey, hey, Xi. Instead, he kicks in the door and says, now sit down, China. I got some things to say. Don't you think things would be going better for us if all of our politicians on both sides actually had testosterone? I think that's probably what DC is lacking the most. Well, praise God, Chalk is here to help them and you. Testosterone levels are free-falling, free-falling. They are half of what they were 50 years ago. We won't be a country in 50 years if that continues because we simply won't be able to reproduce enough to remain a nation. 20% increase in your testosterone in 90 days, fellas. Naturally, natural herbal supplements with a male vitality stack from Chalk. Ladies, female vitality stack. You need to be strong too, focus, feel better. Forget that afternoon cup of coffee. Go to choq.com and sign up for a subscription today because the subscriptions are 35% off. You don't have to get a subscription. You can just, you know, buy it, but you're costing yourself a bunch of money. You cancel the subscription anytime if you don't like it. choq.com promo code JESSE is what gets you the discount. Chalk.com promo code JESSE. We'll be back. What's FTX? I've never been more confused by a news story that everybody's talking about in my life. I like to consider myself fairly in the know, don't you? I mean, you seek out the news, you watch things like I'm right, listen to the radio, you read articles. You're fairly in the know, I'm fairly in the know. I have no idea what people are talking about. Sam Bankman fried, FTX, some kind of scam, or was it an accident? we got to talk to our friend Carol Roth about this. Joining me now, our friend, recovering investment banker and author of the outstanding book, The War on Small Business, Carol Roth. Carol, pretend like I'm really dumb. That should be easy. Explain FTX. Explain. So this is going to be a stretch to pretend like you're really dumb, but I will I will buckle down and, and do my best. <laughs> so I'm going to start off by saying that I can't actually even tell you what FTX is. I can only tell you what they represented themselves to be because this is the most messed up rabbit hole of a story that we are going to be peeling back the onion on probably for years could end up being a top story of the decade. So here, here's the weird stuff I've learned and I'm gonna just couch it all saying this is all alleged and reported. I'm just basing this on, on what other people and other news outlets are saying. So this is a cryptocurrency exchange that kind of came out of nowhere a couple of years ago. You may have been, uh, if you're not a crypto person familiar with it, if you watched the Super Bowl and you saw the Larry David commercial, or if you went um, you know, to the arena in Miami and saw FTX Arena. So this is this cryptocurrency exchange. It was founded by this guy who's now 30, he was, he was in his late 20s, came out of nowhere, he, when they said, where did you get the money for this? He kind of was really vague and said, oh, I had a, a bunch of lines of credits that I kept snowballing, which by the way, is, is not the way that you create a multi-billion dollar company. And within a few years, it goes to a valuation of $32 billion. And then in a couple of days goes to zero. So allegedly what they were doing is if you gave your money to the crypto exchange to, to trade on it, they were allegedly giving it to their sister company, this hedge fund, and they were investing it in all kinds of things, which is not something you're supposed to be doing with client money. 
And then the sister company was taking the tokens that FTX had created. The best way I can explain that is let's say you decided, Jesse, that you were going to have Jesse coins. And we know that Jesse coins, you know, you just made them up. You don't necessarily have any value, but you're starting to sell them to people. And I go, hey, Jesse, let's really do this. I'm going to buy a bunch of you, we'll, a bunch of them, and we'll pump up the price. And then we'll make everybody think that Jesse coins are something big, even though there was nothing underneath it. So that's what the sister company's doing. So basically, this guy in his 20s, who always kind of creeped me out, um, you know, I just thought in a normal crypto way, not in a ultra scammy shenanigan way, but he said he was an effective altruist. He just wanted to get really, really rich so he could give away his money. And he did this while being the second largest Democratic donor to the tune of around $40 million in the last election cycle. And he's telling you this from a $40 million penthouse in the Bahamas because, you know, he's doing it for the good of the people. He's got this huge penthouse. And of course, while supporting the Democrats' big policy, he's in the tax haven of the Bahamas. Now, also, and I know that I know that you've got lots of questions, but it just gets really even even weirder. His parents are two Stanford professors. His father has helped Elizabeth Warren draft legislation for taxes back in 2016. She thanked him on his website. His mom, with no experience, came up with this huge pack and is all of a sudden this major impact donor. He was tied to the WEF, which scrubbed their partnership from the website, but you can find it from the Wayback Machine. Oh, and he helped the Ukraine. Um, they had $54 million in crypto donations that were converted into currency for them to spend on their war. Some piece of that came with help of FTX that allowed you to take your crypto and they would turn it into other currency and donate to the exchange. So. There's a lot going on here. There are many, many more questions than answers, but it is one word, and that is bananas. Okay, I'm going <laughs> to ask about a couple details here because, look, I, I'm I'm much more knowledgeable now than I was a couple minutes ago when we started this conversation. But one thing, you said he took all this money as a crypto exchange and then gave it to a hedge fund. Now, I understand you're not supposed to do that, and that's bad, it may be illegal, and all those things, but that actually sounds more productive to me. If I was giving a bunch of money instead of having it in crypto, a hedge fund doesn't sound like a bad idea. So what happened to the hedge fund where he sent all the money? It's his hedge fund. It's the sister company. So ah. it's him and his supposed alleged girlfriend that may or may not be part of this polyamorous cabal of 10, 20 something year olds that are all living in the Bahamas. Um, she was the one who was in charge of this. It's 20, 20 something who, if you listen to videos with her, um, if you saw her, Jesse, you'd have words, but I'm just not going to go there. But at any rate, so he's taking it and basically funneling it to a sister company. So it's not like he gave it to like, you know, some major hedge fund as an investment, which still, by the way, would be entirely illegal with customer deposits, but it's going to his people. And now all of a sudden there was a hack and money had been, you know, dissipated and disappeared. And it's unclear. It's, you know, in a, a process, they brought in the guy who did the, um, 
the cleanup for Enron to now take over this company and try and get the people who made deposits and other creditors back, you know, some of their money. But there's just no idea of how much of it at this point has been completely dissipated through, you know, highly questionable to possibly fraudulent and illegal activity. Okay, you know what? We're just gonna we're gonna set that story aside for a moment because, my honest, well, here's here's the thing, Carol. What I don't understand is fraud, no fraud, scam. How you go from a country worth twenty to thirty billion dollars to worth zero? I don't understand how that's even possible. Yeah, I mean, so I think that's part of the question. These these fraudulent activities. I think the things that people are going to be looking into are obviously the the ties to Democratic donors the ties to Ukraine, you know, from this fraud, who were the folks who benefited from it? Uh, and I think, you know, based again on some of the things that I'm seeing that I, I think we'll probably revisit again soon, um, you know, there could be also all kinds of other really bad, weird things going on. And I do think, you know, when you, you look at this, I think this is a conduit, whether intentional or not, for our government to come in and they're not going to give a bailout, but they're going to say, this is why we need crypto regulation. And they're going to use that because you need congressional approval for a CBDC, a central bank digital currency backed by the Fed. They're probably going to try to sneak that into that bill and get Congress to approve it. So we need to be vigilant and keep our eyes on what are, what's happening. I don't know if this is a useful crisis or an intentional one, but I'm telling you this has the underpinnings of a huge story. And because it, it's complicated, people are not gonna wanna get into the weeds. We need to get into the weeds on this one. Okay. Well, that's why we keep bringing you on, Carol. <laughs> Plus, you can tell us how to save money on Thanksgiving because turkey's up 17%, frozen pie's up 19%, potatoes are up 15%. Uh, Carol, you're the finance whiz. People are hurting. People are making decisions about whether or not they're even going to buy a turkey this year for Thanksgiving. Give us a, a, a tidbit of some kind. Got something in my eye. Give us a tidbit on how to save some cash for Thanksgiving. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know where you're getting those numbers because I've seen that the wholesale price of turkey, like since 2019, has gone from 90 cents to a dollar 85 a pound, um, a dollar 99 at retail. So there are, and oh, by the way, on top of just normal inflation issues and supply chain issues, there's an avian flu going on, so there may be a shortage. So oh, you know, I think the the very important thing, first thing, is that you want to lock your turkey down. You want to get it and put it in your freezer if you're picky about what kind of turkey you have and you don't want to just end up with like a package of sliced turkey and put that around the, the Thanksgiving table or in December or the Christmas table. Um, but, you know, I would look at the different um, grocery stores. Some of them may use that as an enticement to get you into the store and come up with some deals. The second that you see one, I would jump on it because you're contending not with just with price issues, but also with the availability issues. Um, and it just goes to show that, you know, these policies, whether they be monetary or government fiscal policies, are creating real issues that the average American are, you know, is the one who is footing the bill for. God. Kill Roth, come back soon. My pleasure. All right. We have a light in the mood to remember coming for you in just a moment. Before we get to that, let's get to this real quickly. Uh, I love your emails. When I tell you about something, a product or a service, and you go purchase it. I know you work hard for your money, and you go purchase it, and you love it. I like that. 
I like that we get to choose who we partner with on the show and who we don't partner with. I actually said no to someone else today. We, Whether the show's been successful enough, we can make these choices, and I'm thrilled about that. And thank you for all the emails you have sent me about Eden Pure Thunderstorm. Look, it fixed my allergies. That, that alone would be enough for me to tell the whole world about it because I'm so freaking tired of having my eyes be itchy and snotty and it's awful. They sell three packs of these little things. That, look, it's just a little black box goes in the, in the wall. They sell three packs now for my viewers for under $200. It's $200 off. It'll take the odor out of your air. You might just find yourself doing what I did, throwing your allergy medication in the garbage. That's a good day, believe me. Go to EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE, all right? EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE. We'll be back. I was thinking the other day, I think it was yesterday, do you remember when Joe Biden pooped his pants at the Vatican? Look, I know the media covered it up, and the story leaked out. It kind of got forgotten about right away. But Joe Biden went to the Vatican and he pooped his pants. And it got me thinking, one, that's kind of funny. Two, do Democrats have a pooping problem? Is there something about communism that leads you to be not in control of your bowels? So I thought for tonight's Light in the Mood, we could do a little reflection on them and then maybe talk a little bit about you. I mean... They have a problem. This is a theme. Remember when Swalwell busted a bubble on national TV? Uncontradicted that the president used taxpayer dollars to ask the Ukrainians to help him cheat an election. We didn't edit that. He did it. I didn't. Al Roker, famous Democrat. You remember what he said? And as I'm walking to the press room, I don't know. I think I gotta, you know, pass a little gas here. So I'm walking by myself. Who's gonna know? Only a little something extra came out. You, you pooped know. in your pants. I, I pooped my pants. Al Roker pooped his pants. Or who can forget Jerry Nadler having to do the butt clenched waddle of fame as he pooped his pants right up there by the podium work on this subject, not part of this package, but part of uh, preserving our, our, our democracy. With that, I'm pleased to yield to the distinguished chairwoman. Do Democrats have a pooping problem? And look, you didn't even have to see Nadler's waddle to know he pooped his pants. That face, that expression on his face, that, that expression said one thing. I've got poop in my pants and it's mine. I'll see you tomorrow. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning.
The 2024 election is upon us, and now is the time to fight back against the war on masculinity in American society today. Thankfully, the patriots at Chalk, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. I've been taking a male vitality stack from Chalk for like three years now. It is incredible. They are here to help make American men strong again. Testosterone testosterone fueled again maximize your masculinity today at choq.com use the code jesse for a massive discount on any chalk subscription for life choq.com code jesse limited time offer subscription cancelable at any time Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover. Brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.